I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with two emerging Singaporean designers, Jasmine Quek and Lynn Chusha. So I'm sitting down this afternoon at the National Design Centre with two promising young designers from the uh, Visions of the Future exhibition, and that is Jasmine Quek and Lin Chusha. And we're going to be talking about tradition and ritual. Um, rituals are an inherent part of the human experience and have existed in every society since the beginning of time. Rituals can be cultural, they can be religious or secular, and some rituals are tied to major events in our lives, performed within a small group or a wider community, while others are a daily individual pursuit. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has turned the world on its head and changed everything about our daily lives, and many of us are now working from home and have been forced to reassess or rearrange our days and create new rituals. And it's it's precisely these parts of our lives that Jasmine and Chuxiao's work have addressed. And so I really wanted to talk to both of you today about tradition and ritual. And maybe if we start with Jasmine, how and why did the idea of rituals and traditions influence your work? So for the green tea boat, it, um, it was actually from an exploration of sandblasting a block of wood. And what happens is when the softer water absorbent wood gets removed, um, the harder wood that remains um, makes this tray like kind of a better water resistance tray. So I was thinking of how to apply this uh, unique feature into a product. And that's when the tea, Kung Fu tea ceremony came into the picture. So Having that as a, act as a tea boat, it allows the tea to sip through from the gaps that's formed from re- removing the um, early wood, and yeah, that that causes the the tea to go into the the current basin below. Yeah. So it was really more uh, uh, the material was a starting point it's, for you. Yes, material is a starting point, and yeah. then kind of um, tea. Uh, tea drinking and the tea ritual came into the picture after that. And do you think throughout the process of this year that that sense of ritual has become more important to you and to everybody perhaps? Uh, yes so for during during the circuit breaker when we all like cooped up at home um, I actually started to drink tea every day um, and I purposely set my tea set near the window at the opposite corner of where I work so whenever I need a breather, I need a break, I, I walk over, glance at the scene outside my window and kind of enjoy my tea. Yeah. That was kind of a very good time to kind of take a break, um, just not think of anything and just admire what's going on around me. Yeah. Just connect with what's outside. Yes. Mm. And so it sounds like it was very comforting for yes. you to, do, to perform those rituals throughout yes, the day. Yes. That's nice to hear. And what about you, Tusha? Was was the the sense of ritual a fundamental part of 
your design process? Um, actually, for me, my design uh, started by exploring uh, exploring Chinese traditional uh, element because uh, I grew up in China since young. Uh, then after that, I, I moved to Singapore. So actually, uh, Chin- I have a very special feeling with like traditional culture because I love it. Like when I read all the stories, when I have those like, you know, uh, uh, festivals, like for example, Chinese New Year, all this. So uh, to me, it's like, hey, now I have a chance to uh, start a project about something I like. So why not Chinese culture? Yeah, so that's how I come to the stage where I want to explore. So I start with the topic that's really broad, like, you know, you know, we have a lot of things in uh, traditional elements. Yeah, so it's really very, uh, like, how to say, it's a coincidence that I derive to the the stage I have after that. Uh, it's like my thesis tutor told me, hey, how about you apo- like explore in this, like something related to like, you know, feng shui. Yeah, it's a very traditional like ritual that people practice. To me, it's like uh, cause the the reason I started in the project is is not because uh, like uh the reason I started to explore further in feng shui actually it's not because uh it's interesting at the beginning. It's because I have a, a impression of that being suspe- uh superstitious. Yeah, uh, it's something like um I don't want to touch. Uh, even though my my parents, I mean, my dad, like, uh, practiced a bit of, like, feng shui, <laughs> you know, like, uh, our house got some, like, feng shui-related elements, but to me, it's, like, this is, like, something, you know, very old, and there's no value to carry, yeah, but then, it's, like, you know, in order to, to say that, you know, this is not fun or, like, no value, I have to prove, yeah, you know, there is nothing behind. However, when I further developing, I did research about this, like, you know, feng shui practice. The further I go, the more things I realize that this is actually very interesting topic to continue. Like, uh, the feng shui today in, in the past is really different. So you can see how the tradition of, uh, is actually, like, evolved from the past to nowadays. That's really interesting. So I'd, I'd actually really love to have both of you talk a bit more through your design process um, and your approach to producing the products that are actually here on display um, as part of the exhibition. So maybe Tusha, if you want to continue, um, your pieces are predominantly ceramic. So how did, how did that kind of factor into your th- thought process of creating these objects. And I, I also want to say, you know, obviously there's a lot of meaning and a lot of research behind these objects, but they're also incredibly cute. And I, I hope everybody has a chance to see them in real life. So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, okay. Um, so after I continue to develop, is that I realized that uh, there is this uh, like objects or like items used in feng shui practice. Um, people call it like the feng shui item. So those feng shui items actually carries like special meanings. Like it serves a function. Like for example, bring you good luck or like uh like enhance your real luck the kind. So I was just, I just wondering like why <laughs> like why this specifically this object will representing a meaning and why does it work you know in the feng shui practice. So I went to 
uh, find out the reason, find out the story behind the each items. So I specifically select the common uh, known objects uh, in the market. So I visit different stores and I talk to the feng shui master. Then they say, okay, maybe this, you know, like pishio, chiling, or the three-legged toes uh, is like more commonly known. And I also did a survey with my friends uh, to ask their impression of the like the uh, feng shui object or whether they believe or they practice uh, feng shui. So after that, I realized that uh, even though today, uh, like, you know, after a few thousand years later, people still practice in feng shui. And if, uh, some of them say that, it's, you know, it's like superstitious, that you shouldn't believe in these kind of things. Well, some people still practice it. And, and a small group of people is like, why not? You know, if this really works, then we should have it. Yeah, it's not really, they are not really like, focusing on, you know, this must work, but it's a why not thing. While for another group of people, they believe that, you know, if they believe, it works. Yeah, so this uh, this also interests me, like, okay, since there is people, you know, um, having some, like, misunderstanding or, like, misperception about the feng shui, yeah, so it's actually the same to me. I also have the misperception of the feng shui. So I wanted to know what is the real, like, the the real meaning or that the real feng shui is. Yeah, so today's feng shui actually kind of, very different from the past. Actually, in the in the past, the feng shui is more like a, a landscape design or like interior design. Cause that is really like a, how to say that like last time a feng shui can be like geography also. Yeah, but then when when uh you know like time has changed until today, like thousand years later, we already have a very specific discipline. Uh, like for for a certain like for the interior design, you have the geography. So slowly, feng shui become a traditional practice that you know people display certain items yeah so uh so for this part is that how uh yeah come back to the same question like why these items is serving a function purpose like who says so mm. <laughs> you know so i went to search then it comes to another interesting area which is the auspicious uh chinese culture so the auspicious culture is like you know when people believe that no, uh, it's the auspicious culture is like um, um, people looking or like seeking for something uh, auspicious that is good to have. Yeah, that will bring them, you know, uh, make their wishes come true. Yeah, so actually feng shui uh, theory, I mean, to based on my research and my understanding, feng shui practice actually brought this in to the uh, to this area. So like for example, in Chinese New Year, we will have like, you know, they, they, they say that we should have like red elements, we should wear like red clothes. We have like red, uh, like, uh, what's that called? Um, like chun lian, this kind, like at the doors, like the kind. Yeah, so all these elements, they believe that you will make, uh, you will bring, it's a, it's a represent, uh, it's a symbol of auspicious, yeah, in you know, in Chinese New Year. Then for other festivals, we will have other other things. And even in your daily life, you might display certain items, like one thing, uh, to achieve something good will happen. Yeah, like for example, mm, for the Western, maybe they carry like four leaves. Mm. Yeah, this kind. So actually, this the mindset of, uh, having something good. You know, in different culture, they have different things, but it all comes with the same talks. Yeah, so this is about the auspicious culture. Mm. Yeah, and well, for, for feng shui is that they bring all these uh, elements in and tell you that 
you know, because of this, because of this item, it represents or like happiness, representing wealth or power. So when you, uh, like when you print it in feng shui uh, practice, you place it at a certain position or like a certain way. It kind of how you help you to enhance your luck. Mm. So so after I got the idea that you know all this is connected. Uh, the next goal come over is like how to change people's perception that you know feng shui is about superstitious or like you know that's nothing uh, uh, that's not a value that is valuable to like continue to pass down so uh, uh, from my insights it's like all these uh, uh, for all these like little creatures or like the, the small items right actually they has a very interesting story behind it so uh, and they'll look also the traditional one people uh, like might say that okay you know it doesn't fit to the modern life days you know uh, like you know in the past maybe they just fit in to the design but nowadays you look at the environment you are in it's very western style or that like very modern style so the traditional items kind of being rejected by the younger generation even though they are still believed or still practicing in feng shui but they wanted something that actually can fit in and this one part about feng shui is that uh, the feng shui master will say when you have something in your in your space you should feel comfortable so my idea is that so why not i take a step to change the traditional objects into something contemporary that carries the meanings or carries the stories that the uh, the object have but yet make it look different and look uh, maybe look like modernized that's why uh, my uh, when you first glance at my product right uh, you can't really think that okay this is related to feng shui or like it's a feng shui object but when you look uh, when you look into it and you uh, read the story behind it you kind of uh, get it like for example you know I just like extract all the uh, like I study each uh, uh, each object how they look in the traditional way so I extract the features that the significant features to put it and redesign it into to look like modernized mm. yeah that's how I come up all the different like <laughs> different like creatures and uh, different uh, uh, objects yeah and the reason for why porcelain is also because I borrow the theory from the feng shui that the feng shui uh, in the feng shui practice they believe that the material from the nature have a, a like, you know special spirit uh, spirit yeah so that makes the feng shui object works um you know I'd love to have you also talk about um Jasmine uh, through your design process and uh, the approach to what you were doing. If you could tell us a little bit about that, um, creating the products that you did, which are also very beautiful, by the way. <laughs> so um, when I tried to apply the outcomes that I had from the exploration of wood, um, and I decided to do a tea um, set, um, I actually ran the research the way of tea. So like Ta Tao. So I was just like researching on like the philosophy, the concept behind this. And I find it very interesting that, you know, like it's all about nature, it's about appreciating nature. And I felt that it is really it really fits the outcome because this this two set of uh, tea plinth were made from the material wood and it utilizes the unique characteristic of the material. So in a way it is designed by nature because um the slates and all that are actually nature itself yeah so yeah that's kind of how I felt that there was this very very strong link between the, the way of tea and the tea set itself mm. yeah so I, I kind of worked towards that and tried to keep everything 
quite simple. Mm. Yeah, the form and everything. Yes. Okay. So, Chusha, you've you've told us a little bit about um, you know the function, and obviously each of of the objects that you've created serve a different purpose, and and perhaps actually even have a different emotional connection to you know whoever the the owner is of these objects. Um, but Jasmine, I'd love to ask you about what emotions you were hoping to bring out in the people that were you know using the products that you've designed. Okay. Um. Because uh, tea ritual is somewhat like a process, uh, it's, it's really focused on the process itself, not just the outcome. So um, when using the tea set, I hoped to allow them to really just enjoy the process, enjoy watching the water and the tea actually drip down the tray in, into the basin below. Yeah, And also for the uh, inked tea tray, um, I hope that it, it, they are able to enjoy the staining pattern, which is a very natural process. Yeah. So is it a sense of comfort, do you think, that you're trying to give to people from a sense of reassurance even, maybe? Yeah, yeah. a sense of comfort, a bit of um, yeah, reassurance, yes. Okay, that's really nice. Um, and I'd love to sort of talk, you know, obviously the, the context that we're speaking in is, um, I don't know if we're in the middle, none of us know whether we're in the middle of COVID-19. We're somewhere, you know, in a pandemic and... Uh, obviously, it's very um, up in the air and, and quite confusing for so many of us because things are changing so quickly. So, I guess in in this specific context, I'd love to have you both talk a bit about um, how you think your products bring a sense of comfort to people. Um, perhaps, Jasmine, if you can touch a bit more on that. Um, you know, what is it that you think about performing a daily tea ceremony makes people feel comfortable, particularly in a time like this? Um, because in this um, difficult times, it's really very, when everyone is like kind of forced at home, maybe they don't really know what to do. And maybe there's too much noise going on, too much ne neg negativity. So I think having a, a space, a, a space where you can actually take a break, not think about what's going on wrong, what's going around you, uh, but just focused on the ceremony itself. It's it's a really good opportunity to just connect with yourself and also to allow you to think through and self-reflect. Yes, mm. it's a very good time to do so. I'm sure we all need more of that this year. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Tusha? I mean, obviously, feng shui is, is not new. You've, you've obviously, you know, t reinforced that uh, or reminded us that it's it's centuries or millennia old um, and has a very long history and heritage in Chinese culture. But what do you think it is about potentially um, practising these kinds of rituals or having these objects around now specifically what what do you think that brings to people and is it comfort or is it something else i think it's more of like give a comfort in their psychological level you know like when people like what uh jasmine said that when people have like isolating at home they might have like negative talks uh they are they lost connect with the people they don't know that like, what they can do well for feng shui is that you know when you know that okay uh this objects is coming with a uh, meaning that actually uh, it will it will kind of like protect you or like give you like make sure you are like uh, in a good thing condition of your energy around you so uh, whether you are believed or not you know sometimes people uh, will be influenced uh, we have this theory is that um, not really theory but um, 
how to say like your your talks kind of like influence your behavior so actually all these products right when you see it it will kind of uh reminds you that you know that you have this project uh you have this item here and this item actually protecting you like give you uh like good luck and like bring you happiness so when you think in this you know you'll try to you might you might like uh try to uh believe in this or you know like you know why not because this thing is like is there every time i look at it i will keep reminding myself you know i have this it will bring me good luck it's just like doing my doing uh when i face a lot of challenges in my uh in my project when doing this uh design so every time i look at my item it's like okay this is gonna <laughs> bring me good luck you will have like you know make me sound like uh, good things happen so it give me a sense of comfort a sense of ensuring that i will be doing well yeah so i think this also can help the people during this period of time that you know every time when they look at it they they were like okay i have this something good is gonna happen in the future yeah so maybe they won't feel so negative yeah thinking in a positive way something yeah. to look forward to yeah it's nice so my next question is you know I think we know the answer, but I'd love to hear from both of you about whether you think rituals and traditions are important. Yeah, yes, definitely. I think traditions and rituals are something that give comfort to the people around you, especially families. So like family traditions and all that. It kind of connects the family members together. It's an activity or or yeah, that, that you do together. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting actually that it, that it can be quite a bonding experience and particularly in a time like this, that's certainly very important. And what about you, Tusha? I mean, uh, yeah, besides uh, like what uh, Jasmine uh, said about the connection between the families and the generations, um, I feel that the reason why um, traditional or these that rituals is important like, is like to me traditional is something that reminds me who am I. You know, um, uh, or some practice. Uh, I mean, some of these rituals also tells me how actually we have formed from the past until now that the certain way we talk and the certain way we behave that actually is influenced by all this. So yeah. it's it's kind of re- reassuring your self identity then maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's yeah. really lovely. And you touched a little bit on this before, Tusha, um, but I'd love to have you talk more about it, about whether we think that traditions and rituals, I mean, we've probably just answered this, but are they still relevant in modern society? Ancient rituals, ancient traditions, are they still relevant? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, to me, it's like, you know, even nowadays, everything is like become more like, it's like very international, we would say. Uh, people, uh, people start to have same uh, like behavior, same thinking of this. Well, I think the traditional elements and the rituals that specifically uh, for certain cultures is kind of also help us to identify, like make us unique from the from the others. Yeah. Mm. Would you like to add to that, Jasmine? Um, yeah. So I I think traditions is very important, but I think every generation have to kind of think through what the previous generation, like traditions that have passed down to them. Yeah, they have to think through whether it's right or, I mean, not really right, but whether it's okay to continue because certain traditions, I, I, I feel that doesn't really have to be that way. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's maybe... Like the, the evolution. Yeah, right, I, mean, I was going to say that. The traditional needs evolution too. 
Right. Yeah. So I, I think you can give an example. So like, for example, Chinese tradition of burning incense paper. Yeah, so currently maybe it's not so environmentally friendly to do so. So maybe we can kind of rethink this and it's, it becomes a design opportunity in a sense, yeah, mm. to rethink these traditions and how we can actually um, make it more appropriate for today. Yeah. Mm, that's a nice idea. I think, yeah, allowing them to continue, but maybe letting them evolve with time. That's really nicely put. So we, we've sort of touched a little bit on the mental health care implications because the, t- the two of you have talked um, quite a bit about the, the comforting aspect of rituals, particularly within our daily lives and maybe more particularly this year while we're going through what we're going through. Um, I, I would love to know a bit about, um, you know, whether you were thinking about the mental health care applications when you were designing your products. Was that something that you were conscious of or do you think it was just a happy accidental outcome of the work that you've produced? Maybe Jasmine, if you want to <laughs> say yeah, a few words I think about that. I was a pretty happy incident, Kathleen. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the, I, was, I was actually trying to get into appreciating tea and I had that outcome and both of them came together. Um, yeah, so it was a good a win-win situation. A nice, for happy me. accident. Yeah. That's great. What about you, Tusha? Um, for me, actually, it's about the same. Cause at the at the beginning, what I'm focused actually is about uh, the function it should be served is that you can use it in your daily, uh, like daily life or like certain activities. But then after that, I realized I'm I'm like forcing it to be something else. You know, function item actually is like. Or, or the auspicious items. Actually, it's just to be there. When you look at it, you are satisfied. You are happy with it. Yeah, so after that, then I went to focus on the mental health. You know, uh, that it's not much about it must be something, you know, it must be a, a, a vase or it must be a, a, a container. But yeah, why not just focus on the mental health? Because it does important to people's daily life. Mm. Yeah, I think that that's become quite evident through our conversation already that uh, that sense of clinging to something, whether it's a routine or a sense of belonging, whether it's to a family or a wider culture, those things are really important right now to feel like you belong to something. And I'm sure that they have a very important sense of comforting um, to people throughout this pandemic. Um, So I actually wanted to ask both of you about your rituals and whether you have any new daily rituals. Jasmine, you've already sort of mentioned that you started drinking tea more, but I wonder if there's anything else. You know, obviously Singapore had its circuit breaker and everyone was um, sheltering at home. So other than drinking tea, did you discover any other new daily rituals for yourself? I think before before the circuit breaker, I was actually taking a bus to the MRT, and um, after circuit breaker, I decided to take a walk through the park to um, the nearest MRT station, and I do that very intentionally. So when I walk, I I usually observe what's going around me. It's very interesting how like the social activities kind of slowly. Um, um, increase as the the circuit breaker ended yeah so it's very interesting how people actually still group together in groups of fives to like practice kung fu tai chi and all that yeah so it's it's very inspiring for me yeah that's really interesting and what about in your design practice did you find that this year particularly through the lockdown or circuit breaker that 
that it changed the way that you were thinking about your practice, but also the way that you were actually practicing your work? Did you find any new rituals at that time? Mm. I think I started taking a lot more photos, yeah, so, so that I can just keep a book of uh, like a how do you say, like yeah, a just, record, uh, of yeah, a record uh, of like things that that can be a, um, a source of inspiration for future projects. Yes. So it's not so much recording this as a moment in time, but more for inspiration. For inspiration. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And what about you, Tusha? Have you found that you've discovered any new rituals, you know, daily rituals even in your life throughout this time? I don't know whether this counts. And uh, for me, it's that every day I went home, right, the first thing I will do is that I will take out the alcohol wipes to clean my phone and my earpiece and like anything that actually I keep touching or like exposed to the air or like to the outside yeah so I, I'll do it then after I done it I'll feel more secure and I feel a sense of satisfaction that I will use it because you know nowadays people use phone I mean still use phone a lot you carry it before or like after your pay yeah yeah, I've heard that they're quite filthy. Like there are a lot of scientific studies about just the amount of germs that live on our mobile phones. So I think you're very sensible for doing that. That's really good to hear. And and what about in your work, um, the way that you're practising or perhaps even your research? Um, h- how have you found that that has changed this year? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, last time when we do design, we can talk to the people. Well, for for this year, because of this, we are kind of lack of uh, face-to-face communication with others. Like, uh, even though we are doing design, uh, we wanted to find out more from, our, for example, our target user or the people we would like to talk to. Is that we everything shift to like phone or like video call? Yeah, it kind of like uh, distant out us. Yeah. That's interesting to hear because I think there's an assumption from people of my generation that people of your generation have, are quite happy <laughs> being on your phones all the time and being sort of s- stuck to technology, but you're actually missing human contact. Yeah, I mean, it's very different. Like, uh, I mean, I like to, uh, how is it? I mean, I do feel nervous when I, ha- when I receive calls, but then when it comes to, you know, uh, like the conversation about, uh, like, for example, I want to find out more about my design or like you know when I start in a new topic or like a new project it's always better to having the face-to-face conversation because you are able to observe the people you are interviewing uh like uh like some uh maybe some you know actions or like you know hand gesture that they are not noticed yeah or like you know um they will they will talk more well through the video call or like the phone call, it kind of let out this kind of elements. Mm. Yeah. So you think in perhaps a post-COVID world that we will hopefully return to meeting in person again. What about you, Jasmine? Would you agree with that? Are there things that you're you know, really missing from obviously the lack of personal contact this year? Actually kind of enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're more of an introvert then? Yes, it's definitely okay. an introvert. Yeah, I think that was definitely something um, that that the introverted community around the world was also thinking. Like, yes, I I don't have to go out there yeah, and I talk to so yeah, many people. I don't have to go for gatherings <laughs> or anything. I just stay at home. Yeah. Okay, well that's good to hear. I'm glad some people are finding some silver linings. Um, so my my final question to both of you is because we are 
airing this episode of the podcast um, just before the Lunar New Year, uh, and you know, which obviously has a very big cultural significance here and, and other parts of the region. And I would love to hear from both of you what some of your favourite traditions and rituals are at that time of the year. Maybe Jasmine, if you... <laughs> Traditions, um, so every Chinese New Year Eve, uh, my family would gather at my grandmother's house to have a renewal renew dinner. So yeah, we'll prepare a steamboat. So each of my aunts will bring a few ingredients and we'll just dump it all into the pot. And so that's kind of my favourite tradition, family tradition. That sounds amazing. What about you, Tusha? For me, uh, like during the Chinese New Year, one thing we will do is like a must-do thing <laughs> that I always have is to watch the like this uh, Chinese channel, the CCTV uh, New Year Scala. So it's like uh, this is like every year we will do it since we are young. Yeah. Then uh, because um, I mean because our lifestyle has changed quite a bit. Like, you know, unlike last time, we can just easily go to everyone's house and go and visit. Uh, but we still try to keep up. You know, like. Uh, because we stay quite near. So after our reunion dinner, uh, we will gather either my house or my cousin's house. So everyone will be playing cards while the, the, uh, the what's that called? Um, that the TV was like playing in the background noise. Yeah, so that when it comes to very fun, uh, very fun uh, show, they will just like, everyone turns and look <laughs> together. Yeah, yeah so, so this is the activities that we will have every year. That sounds like fun as well. Well, to finish up, I want to say congratulations again to both of you for the, the amazing work that you've produced and being part of this incredible exhibition. And, you know, I think we're all very proud and um, overjoyed that we could actually pull this off and, and have a real, you know, physical exhibition at the end of 2020. Uh, and thank you both also for your time today. It's been a real pleasure chatting and getting to know you a little bit better. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of both of you in the future. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you.